This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Ready for a bit of scary stuff? Hmm? Well, tonight we begin with Lights Out, an American old-time radio program devoted mostly to horror and the supernatural. Created by Willis Cooper and then eventually taken over by Arch Obler, versions of Lights Out aired on different networks at various times from January 3rd of 1934 to the summer of 1947, and the series eventually made the transition to television. Lights Out was one of the earliest radio horror programs predating Suspense and Inner Sanctum. Tonight we hear a strange tale about two girls, Alice and Lona, driving to see an aunt whom they haven't seen in years. And when they do arrive, they're surprised at how old she seems, but even more surprised by the cat she has in her shed. Here's the episode entitled, Little Old Lady. Ironized Yeast presents Light Out Every. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Oval. Tonight a strange story about ordinary people. Two girls just like you or your daughter the girl who works next to you in the office. Night out. Everybody. Alice, hmm? you think we're still in the United States? I'm beginning to doubt it. Are you sure you got the right address? Of course. Don't be so dogmatic. You have made mistakes. Sounds as if you're starting to get annoyed. Oh, I am. I've been driving so long, my back feels as if somebody were doing a big apple on it. Oh, we'll be there soon enough. You know, Alice, sometimes that calm nature of yours makes me good and tired. You sound as if you want to quarrel. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that, oh, I looked forward to this vacation for weeks, and now that it's happening, well, it isn't so much fun. Oh, wait till you get to my Aunt Harriet. You can curl up in the alfalfa and sleep for days. Sleep. Oh, that's a lovely word. Just imagine sleeping as long as you want without having to worry about making an 8 o'clock class. 
Perfect. But are you sure you know where your Aunt Harriet lives? I've run out of synonyms for, of course I do. Oh, I'd like to reassure myself. I certainly hope she has off beds. Oh, and that reminds me, you did send her that letter that we're coming. No. Say that again? No, I didn't send the letter. You mean to say that she doesn't even know that we're coming to stay with her? Well, I decided it'd be more fun if we sort of surprised her. Well, of all the brainstorms, walking in on somebody you haven't seen for ten years and expecting her to welcome you. She's my only aunt, isn't she? But, but maybe she won't have room for it. Don't be silly. I told you Aunt Harriet lives alone and likes it. Well, maybe she won't like it if we barge in on her. Don't be silly. Of course we'll be welcome. From what I've heard, she's a little old darling. When you were eight, she was a darling. Well, you know, she's taken the welcome mat in years ago. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't you say we were supposed to go down Camden Road three miles? Yes. Then you are, Lord. That sign back there, this isn't Camden Road. You're still. I saw it with my own eyes. It said Pig Snackle Road. <laughs> there, see that? Pig Snackle Road. You are wrong. Pig Snackle Road. <laughs> That's too good to be true. Are you crazy laughing at a name of a place when you haven't got any idea where you are in my Oh, back... don't be silly. I'm sure we'll find... Hey, there. There it is. There's what? The edge of the world? Oh, no, the crossroad. The entrance to Aunt Harriet's place ought to be just a little bit beyond mm, it. That's what you say. Well, yes. There it is. Here, here we turn here. Turn. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What are you trying to do, turn over? Oh, it won't be long now. Oh, you're telling me. This is no road. It's a cow pad. <laughs> Aunt Harriet likes privacy. Oh. I remember Dad and Mother used to say that. Another hundred feet on this road, and I won't need a bed. I'll need a stretcher. Come on, slow down. I knew it. What a road. Even the tires couldn't take it. What do we care? Aunt Harriet's place just a little ways down. We'll walk. You mean leave the car right here in the middle of the road? It's Aunt Harriet's own private road. No one will bother it. Oh, come on. Take your bag. Let's get out of here. Oh, all right. I'm just a stooge. Come on, let's go. We'll just be in time for dinner. That's what you think. What do you mean? I mean, maybe your Aunt Harriet doesn't like us to walk in just like that. Hey, Alice, now what are you stopping for? I... I just noticed. Noticed what? How dark it's getting. So what? Come on. When the sun starts setting, it gets dark. I learned that in Physical Science 101. Yeah, but back there on the road, it was so light. And here it's so dark and gloomy. <sighs> What's the matter with you? Are you going to take your suitcase and come on, or are you going to stand there being afraid of the dark? I'm all right. There's trees around here. No wonder it's dark. That Aunt Harriet of yours wants privacy. She sure got it. And I hope when we get there, I'll have the same... Lona. Now what? Look at that mist coming up through the trees. Yeah. Like long, white, curling fingers. Oh, stop that, will you? It's just that it's getting late. Cold or moisture's condensing. Oh, will we ever get there riding and walking? Have you actually got an Aunt Harriet? Come on, let's go hey, back. wait, Lona. There it is. Huh? Hallelujah, it is a house. Well, it's about time. It's about time. My knuckle. Oh, let me. She must be home. There's a light up there. And you were going to surprise her, eh? But she never leaves this place. Oh, go on. You don't even know that she lives here. Fine business. Car with a flat stuck in the middle of nowhere. Nobody home in this godforsaken place. I'm so tired I could be standing on my head. But she must be home. You're repeating yourself. Oh, if this is a vacation. Hey, wait a minute. Wait. Wait, there's someone at the door. Oh, yes. Yes? Oh, what do you want? I'm I'm looking for... I mean, are you Miss Saugus? Yes, yes. 
what you want. Well, then you are Aunt Harriet. Who's calling me Aunt Harriet? Who, I say, who are you? Well, I'm Alice. Alice Preston. Alice? Oh, yes, yes, bless my soul. I know you. Come in. Come in. Hallelujah, we're here. Come in. Come in. Close the door. Oh, Aunt Harriet, you don't know how glad I am to see you. Did we have a time getting here? Yes. Uh, come right in here. Right in here. I told you we'd be welcome. She didn't even ask who I was. Put your things down here and sit down and make yourself comfortable. Thanks. Aunt Harriet, this is my girlfriend, Lona Stevens. We roomed together at the university, and I asked her to come along with it's me. It's all right, my child. It's all right. Anyone's welcome. Anyone at all. Oh, that's very kind of you, Aunt Harriet. I hope you won't mind my calling you that. But Alice, Aunt always... Aunt my child, it's all right. A name's a name. Now sit here and be comfortable. I get some tea. Oh, no, really, Aunt Harriet... Apparently, your Aunt Harriet does what she wants to do. <laughs> Doesn't she? Oh, well, as long as we're here. Hmm. Like something out of a museum, isn't it? What? A house, furnishing. <laughs> Look at the chairs in that sofa. Are they prehistoric or are they prehistoric? Yeah, I uh, I didn't think she was so old. Oh, oh, you mean Mary? Yes. Oh, well, after all, in ten years, living alone out in this godforsaken place, I sort of think she's nice. Do you? Taking us right in and not asking us all sorts of silly questions. That's the kind of relative to have. You know, if I were to go barging in on any of mine, first they'd give me a third degree on how come I was away from school, and then they'd give me another third degree on how long I was going to stay. Lona. And... What's the matter? Back there in the shadows. What? What, what is it? I don't... It's something moving. What? It's a dog. Oh. I know. It's, it's a cat. Cat? It is a, a cat. Not a cat. Look at the size of it. Tiger. Lona, what do we do? Don't move. If we do, it'll... No. Here's your tea, young lady. Nice, warm tea. Just what you need. Aunt Harriet. What's the matter? What? Oh, he's frightened you. What? What is it? you got eyes, haven't you? Yes, it's, but I... It's so I, dark I, in that corner, we can't hardly tell. It, it's not a tiger, is it? Don't talk nonsense. Well, what is it? It shouldn't be here at all. It's much too early for me. Aunt Harriet, didn't you hear me? I asked you what it is. Oh, what do you think he is? It can't be a cat. Why, he's as big as a oh, police dog. All right, come upstairs. I'll show you to your room. Now, this way. Aunt Harriet, I don't... Come along. I say, now, come along up these stairs. Come on, Alice. Why, Come on, we better do it. All right. Tired, you see. But, Aunt Harriet, how could it be a cat when we... No more about it. No more about it now. We'll talk about that tomorrow morning. In here, my dear. In here. Come on, Alan. But why doesn't she answer me? There, you see? A very comfortable room for both of you to rest in. Nice white bed. Everything clean. But, Aunt Harriet, wait just a minute. I want to find out something about this. Forget it, Whatever it is, you can find out in the morning. Oh, cat, cat. Can't you say anything but cat? It was so huge. nothing. What? We just imagined it, that's all. I mean, there in the shadows, it looked monstrous. 
You heard it. It sounded just like an ordinary tomcat. But I You didn't it. see any more than I saw, and I think it was just a long shadow that got us fooled, that's all. Yes. That could be it. Couldn't it? Of course. You remember in Psych 101 class, old Pudgy Wudgy told us about the tricks your eyes play in bad light when it comes to judging signs. Yeah, I, I remember. Local signs, they called it. Right. Well, that's the way it was with that cat. <laughs> I'll bet you your Aunt Harriet thinks we're both a little screwy. That's why she got us up here to bed in a hurry. Oh, bed. Isn't that a wonderful word? And will we sleep? I... I hope so. Alice. What? You're not sleeping either, are you? No. I am. I wanted to talk to you for hours, but I wasn't sure. I thought you were asleep. Somehow I I can't. Me neither. I can't understand why. I'm the one who was crying how tired I was. That's so comfortable. Mm, The house is quiet enough. The house. Hmm? Maybe that's why we can't sleep. What do you mean? Something about the house. What? Something oppressive that, that won't let us sleep. Oh, you're crazy. No, I, I'm not. It's just that, well, that we're too tired to sleep, that's all. Yes, that's it. Too tired. Nerves on it. Oh, I've been lying here for hours trying to figure it out. Now I know. Will you stop talking like that? Don't you feel it, Lona? Don't you? Well, I tell it's ridiculous. It's something heavy in the air. Pressing down on us. I'm... I'm awfully frightened, Lona. Awful. Well, you're not going to frighten me. What? Why, this is your own Aunt Harriet's house. She's down there sleeping and she... ordinary cats. Listen to them. And now, back to our Lights Out story of Little Old Lady. Call Aunt Harry. She'll tell me. She'll make them stop. Alice, wait! Don't go out there, you little fool! Aunt Harry, I've got Get away to from that door! Listen to those things down there! Listen to no. them! No, I can't stand anymore. Aunt Harry! Aunt Harry, make them stop! Aunt Harry! They're gone. What? What were they? Could two cats make all that noise? Aunt Harriet, why don't you come in here? No, no, Alice, don't open that door. Oh, but Aunt Harriet, why doesn't she answer me? She must know what it's all about. Why doesn't she? Wait. What? Listen. Someone's coming up the stairs. Yes. My... My Aunt Harriet? It... It... 
not quite like footsteps. Cat. Maybe. The door. Cat can't open doors. It's right outside the door. I can hear, can't I? Of course it is. You don't think so either, do you? It's just sitting there. Yes. Let it sit there. I saw Frank. When morning comes, we'll get out of here. Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet, why don't you answer me? Oh, stop that. There's, there's something outside of our door, Aunt Harriet. We don't know what it is. What's the use of calling her? She won't answer you. Why do you say that? Because she hasn't answered us and she won't. But she's in the house. She must know. Wait. <gasps> Trying to get in. As long as the door is shut. We're, we're safe enough. Aunt Harriet. Oh, please wake up, Aunt Harriet. No. What? Look. Well, Door now. It's turning. Oh. Alice. Cat can't open doors. You mean Aunt Harriet? Yes. Yes, it, it must be Aunt Harriet. <laughs> she will, and she's trying to open the door. I'll open it for her. No. Oh, no, Lord, stay away from that door. I'm afraid. Oh, don't. Come right in, Aunt Harriet. I've got to get it all. I've got to. Oh, my arm. I can't stand things. I've got to. Oh, it's so thick. I'm lost. I'm lost. I've got to get it all. Oh, yes, yes, we, we left our car. Oh. oh, hurry, please. 
help me, my my friend Lona. Joe, these are the girls. We found your car in the woods, and we've been looking for you for hours. Please don't stand there talking. Hurry, we've got to help her. Killing her? Joe, did you hear what she said? Don't talk, hurry. Hurry. I beg of you. All right, all right. Now take it easy, oh. sister. Uh, this is the house, ain't it? Yes, yes. this is the place. The old sorghum, huh? Yeah. Uh, try the door, Joe. Oh. It's open, it. Sheriff. Push it. Let's go. She's upstairs. She's upstairs. Nobody down here, sir. Here. All right, let's get up there. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm soon going to find out. Lona. Lona, we're coming for you. Lona, we're coming. Hey, what room is right, it, Sheriff? Right here, that room. That room right there. Hurry. Oh, Get your gun out, Joe. Door's partly open. Oh, okay, so kick it open. Please. Watch yourself. Careful, Joe. Oh, Sheriff! Sit, you stay here. Lona. Sheriff, there's nobody in this room. Huh? Look for yourself. Uh, now, what? Lona. The... Lona, where are you? Now, wait a minute, sister. Are you sure that... The... Yes, yes, you're here. Right here. It came in the door. Jumped at her. I turned. I ran. I jumped out of the window. Hey, this window ain't broke. But I tell you, I went through it. See? See, my arm. Yeah. But, but there's no one in here. Oh, the bed, I why, know. it ain't even messed up. Oh, Did you say you two were, were sleeping, sister? You were. Oh, where are you? What have you done with you? And there is. She'll know. Oh, why has it killed her, too? Sheriff, yeah, come quick, come quick, bring the girl. Oh, come along, sister. Joe, what is it? Look in there. Aunt Harriet. Old lady sitting in the rocker and knitting. Oh, Aunt Harriet. Lona, where is she? What happened? Oh, Aunt Harriet, please tell me. Yeah, yeah, tell us all. And might I ask what this is all about? Aunt Harriet, what's the matter? Didn't you hear anything? Lona, that, that horrible cat thing. What did it do to her? Answer me, what did it do? Would you gentlemen tell me who is this hysterical young girl? Aunt Harriet. Now look here, don't you know who this girl is? Certainly do not, but Aunt Harriet, I'm Alice. I came here with Lona, don't you remember? You must be mistaken. I've been alone all night. You hear that, Joe? No, no, I was here. Lona and I did come here. It's a horrible joke, that's what it is. Aunt Harriet, please. Please tell him you're just joking. Lona, where is she? I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw you before in all my life. No. No, that, that's not true, Aunt Harriet. And Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've had about enough of this out of you, sister. Fishing up here with all that bunkum about cats no. and killings no. and all that. No, mm. everything. You, um, you better come along with us. Everything I said to you was true. It uh, was jo- true. Joe, take her other No. Arm. No, let go of me. Come on, oh, now. Please, don't Aunt Harriet, don't let them take me away. Come on, Those horrible cat things. I tell you, there were two of them oh, here. Oh, come on. Come oh, don't let them take me away. Now, don't mind her, old lady. We'll take care of her. Yes. They could have cat up that little thing. <laughs> now, come on, sister. No. Wait. Look at her teeth as she laughs. Look. I've heard. Mother in heaven, they're, 
They're cat's teeth. And their hands. Their claws. No. Stay away from me. Beverto. Stop you. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Behind my eyes. She's no end of anything human. I can tell you that. Look at her. But, yes. but my Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet Saugus. Saugus? You hear that, Sheriff? Yeah. So you... You came here thinking she was Mrs. Saugus. Did you, girl? Yes. Yes, Lona and I. And... And Lona must... Must be dead now. How could my aunt do what she did? How could she? This thing is no aunt of yours, child. Your aunt Harry Saugus died in this house three years ago. And she left two cats. My dear Mr. Obler. Oh, come, come, Frank. Don't tell me you don't believe tonight's story. <laughs> Should I? Frank, um, did you ever hear of lycanthropy? Yeah. Lycanthropy, mm-hmm. I was looking it up just then. That's why I didn't answer you. <laughs> it's a form of illusion in which the person imagines he's a wolf. Oh, yeah. Main Street's full of them. Uh, seriously. Only a handful of years ago, it was the firm belief of many people that certain human beings could turn into animals. But more of that in just a moment. Friends. If more vitamin B1 and iron is all you need to help build yourself up, get ironized yeast tablets. Of course, there are cases where a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is your trouble, remember, ironized yeast has been so successful in such cases that it's sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to look and feel stronger, peppier, and more alive... The cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Now, Mr. Obler, what about those wolves? Do you think that people can turn into wolves? And, and poor fish? No. But under certain provocations, the human mind can certainly transform itself into many peculiar forms. Even we who are uh, normal. Haven't we met women who are catty, men who are brave as lions, and others who made you wonder whether they were men or mice? Even if you've had some doubt about people turning into animals, there's no doubt about what waste kitchen fats turn into. Oh, what a transition. But but seriously, what every American wants is the news that Berlin has fallen, that the stars and stripes are flying over Tokyo. And ladies, you, Mrs. Johnson, wrote me last week, and you, Mrs. Stauffer, and all the rest of you, there is a vital part which only you can play in that final victory. Only you can furnish the kitchen fats which are needed so desperately to make explosives. Now, with the loss of most of our sources of supply in the Pacific, Uncle Sam must look to you for the fats our plants must have. You and only you can supply them. Now, you say you can't save enough to count now that meat and fats are rationed? Then listen to this. As little as one tablespoon of fat a day amounts to a pound in a month, that pound of waste fat will send to Hitler and Hirohito with your compliments a half pound of dynamite, ten rounds from an airplane cannon, four anti-aircraft shells. Mind you, 
The government doesn't want them until they're too dark or too strong for your further use. Then and only then, pour them into a smooth-edged can, sell them to your butcher, and within three weeks' time, they'll be in a munitions plant on their way to the fighting front to do their vital share for victory. Make your waste kitchen fat uh, to your butcher the first thing tomorrow morning so our boys can give your answer to the Japs and Nazis at the earliest possible moment. Now, Frank, let's talk about next week's story. Next week, just an experiment, entirely different type of lights-out story. An entirely different approach. There's love and a boy and a girl. Now, it's a story I did a very long time ago to a rather limited audience. And I know that you, 13 millions who listen to Lights Out, will enjoy The Ugliest Man in the World next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Art Obler's eerie story, The Ugliest Man in the World. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. Stay tuned for Martin and Lewis next on Theater of the Mind. Time now to go back to 1949 when Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis were at the height of their successful career. And their special guest tonight, none other than Lucille Ball. The new, the great, the different, the Martin and Lewis show. The National Broadcasting Company brings you the new Martin and Lewis show. Our guest tonight, Lucille Ball, and featuring Eileen Woods, Flo McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis are two young men who, overnight, have become the nation's comedy hit. But let's get on with the show. We take you now to the apartment of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, where we find the boys getting ready, somewhat nervously, to go to the NBC studios for their first radio show. There's a tree in the meadow with a stream drifting by. Answer the phone, Jerry. I'm tying my tie. <laughs> okay, Dean, there's a tree in the meadow with a stream drifting by. I could never be a big singer like Crosby. Well, why not? I sound too much like Dean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must be NBC again. What cowards we are. Why are we afraid to do our own radio show? After all, how big an egg can we lay? How big? Well, if we took a large hen and got it to hold back for two years... All right, Jerry. All right. <laughs> We've been acting like two frightened mice all day. We've got an ironclad contract to do the show. We've got to talk to NBC sometime. You're right. I'm not a frightened mouse. Answer the phone. <laughs> oh, come on, Jerry. You answer it. Dean Martin, I will tell you why I will not answer the phone. Indubitably, that is a call from NBC. And it is indubitably they want to know where the H-E-C-K we are because they are spending thousands and thousands of dollars and money <laughs> to build a sensational comedy and musical extravaganza around us. And if they think we are that important, why don't they call us? Jerry, they are calling us. Who else could it be besides NBC? Well... 
It could be a wrong number, a quiz show. Hey, a quiz show. They give you money just for answering a few questions. Give me that phone. Hello, 1,492 Marie Antoinette and sulfuric acid. Ship the money. Now, <laughs> oh, come on, Jerry. We got to get down to NBC right away. Let's go. Bing. Yeah? I'm scared. Look, we've done all right so far. We shouldn't be afraid. We did all right in nightclubs, didn't we? Yeah, but those people pay $10 cover charge, so they had to like us. But at a radio show, the audience gets in free, and at those prices, they can afford to hate us. <laughs> because there's nothing cheaper than something that doesn't cost very much. I always say. <laughs> Indubitably, but uh, come on, Jerry, get dressed. Okay, I shall wear my new sport coat, which the man said was good for town or country and just perfect for the beach. What is it, gabardine? No, wet sand. <laughs> Jerry, you're just Stalin. That's impossible. Stalin's a big man in Russia, and Russia's a big country full of places like Valdastavostok. And... <laughs> they laughed. And Dniper. And he's a big, important man. And if he thinks I'm impersonating him, he'll get mad and come and get me and send me to Siberia. And it's full of ice and snow and sleet. And Dean... Yeah? I'm cold. <laughs> Jerry, you and I are going to NBC and do that program. What are you scared of? When we played the Copacabana in New York, they laughed at us. When we played the Chaperie in Chicago, they laughed at us. And when we came out here and asked for a radio job... They laughed at us. <laughs> they didn't laugh at us. They signed us up. They want us. Jerry, we got to do this radio show. Who knows? This could make us famous. Yeah, famous. We could even become important actors. Yeah, important actors. Our names in lights, celebrities, stars in pictures. Yeah, names and lights, celebrities, stars and pictures. I can see it all. Big hits in nightclubs. We're famous. Everybody wants us. Hal Wallace signs us for a Paramount picture. NBC signs us for a radio show. We flop. <laughs> Nobody wants us. Hal Wallace won't speak to us. Paramount hates us. We spend our savings. We can't get work. We're tramping the streets, starving. We stop and press our noses against the bakery window. Dean. Why? I'm hungry. <laughs> Tell me, Jerry, did uh, Whitaker Chambers ever hide any papers in your head? <laughs> well, it ain't my fault. I don't have my head with me all the time, you know. Ah, let's answer it. Hello? Hello. Who is this speaking, please? Jerry. Jerry, you have to take the phone off of the hook. Yeah, when did they do that? Okay. Hello? Why aren't you guys down here at NBC? They're going nuts down here. Oh, it's our agent. Well, it's not your maiden aunt in Minneapolis. <laughs> Everyone's waiting to do the program. You guys are messing up the whole thing. Now, listen, I can explain everything. Good. Start with you. <laughs> now listen, boys, don't ruin everything This radio show means a lot to us Your careers, my commission You think I don't care about the show? I do After all, I gotta live too I can think of a loophole in that argument <laughs> Ooh, how you aggravate me Okay, Abby, we'll be right down there We can't leave yet, Jerry I gotta rehearse my number It's a romantic number I wish I had a girl to sing it to You know, to get me in the mood I'll be a girl if you'll promise to respect me. <laughs> Sing to me. I'm a great movie star and a princess of far-off India. Really? What princess of India are you? 
Rita Hayward. You're, you're Rita Hayward? But you're not even on the road to being a princess of India. Maybe I'm not on the road, but I'm sure following the right alley. <laughs> see, see, the idea of this gag, see, the idea of this gag is that, well, alley is an alley in the street, see? A-L-L-E-Y. But when you say alley, A-L-I, that's like the prince that is going to marry Rita Hayward. It's all combined into one joke, and it's so funny, this kind of... Look how they're staring at me. <laughs> Ah, Jerry, relax. Have faith in me. We'll do all right on the radio show. That's all right for you to say, but I haven't thought up any jokes to tell the people. Oh, you'll think of something. What about me? I haven't even rehearsed my song. I don't even know if I'm in good voice. Well, go ahead, sing. Give yourself a clue. Be satisfied till you break my heart. You're never satisfied till a tear drops dark. I've tried to shower you with love and kisses, but all I ever get from you is nagging and bragging, the poor heart is sagging the way you toss my heart around. A crying shame Well, I'll bet you Wouldn't like it If I did the same You're only happy Tearing all my Dreams apart You won't be Satisfied Till you break my heart Oh, you won't be Satisfied Till you break my heart you're never satisfied till a tear drops dark. I've tried to shower you with love and kisses. Ah, oh, but all I ever get from you is nagging and bragging, my poor heart is sagging. The way you toss my heart around, it's a crying shame. Well, I'll bet you wouldn't like it If I did the same You're only happy Tearing all my dreams apart You won't be satisfied Until you break my heart want my opinion of your rendition, and I cannot tell a lie. It was magnificent. <laughs> oh, well. Come on, let's go. Oh, not so fast. Let me take a look at you first. Stand up. Wash your hands. Yes, partner. Wash your face. Yes, sir. Behind your ears. Look, I'm just going to a broadcast. I'm not going to get married. <laughs> anyway, what about you? Did you bathe? Well, of course. I take a bath every day. <laughs> you take a bath every day? <laughs> well, of course. Oh, Dean, I'm so unworthy of you. Now, uh, you, you talk like that. What'll people think? When was the last time you took a bath? In a tub? 
Yes. With soap? Yes. With water? Yes. Oh, Dean, I'm so unworthy of you. Oh, let's get out of this apartment and go to NBC. Who is it? It's the maid. I have to come in and clean the apartment. Well, okay, come on in. We're just leaving anyway. Gee, look at the load of equipment she's carrying. I never saw such a stack of stuff in my life. Here, let me help you before you drop it, miss. I can put it down myself, thank you. Now let me help you with the other armful. Oh, my goodness. Just look at the condition of this room. Huh? What's the matter with it? It's clean. Well, well, that's a break for you, then. You have no work to do. I don't have any work to do. That's fine. I'm the maid, and I'm supposed to clean the apartments every day. And if your apartment isn't dirty, then I don't have to clean it. And if I don't have to clean your apartment, I won't have anything to do for a half hour. So I'll go out in the hall, and I'll light a cigarette, and the manager will smell the smoke, and he'll come up to me, and he'll say, what are you doing smoking a cigarette in the hall? And I'll say, I haven't anything to do right now. And he'll say, why aren't you cleaning the apartments? And I'll say, I didn't have to clean the apartments. And he'll say, oh, you don't have to clean the apartments, huh? And he'll get mad and fire me and all because your apartment is clean. <laughs> it's people like you that cause unemployment. <laughs> Miss, there's one thing I don't understand. What's that? Are you for real? (laughs) (laughs) Miss, we're not trying to get you fired. Do the best you can. We have to leave. Come on, Joey, let's go. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Now what? There's a discrepancy in the bathroom. A what? (laughs) (laughs) One of you has to get married. The towels say his and hers, and you're a his and his. Okay, okay, look, just put in two hises. That'll fix it. Oh, it's not as simple as that. If I give you another his, then I'll have an extra hers. And at the end of the week, I'll have 148 hises and 149 herses. And the manager won't know why there's more herses than hises because he doesn't know how many heses and cheeses there are in the building anyway. <laughs> Okay, take all the towels out, all of them. From now on, we'll dry on newspapers. <laughs> well, the next thing on my list is dusting. I'll start with a dresser. Don't touch that bottom drawer. Why not? Because that's where I keep my kittens. Hey, not the top drawer either. What's in the top drawer? Catnip. <laughs> well, what's to prevent the cats in the bottom drawer from going up to the top drawer and eating the catnip? In the middle drawer, bulldogs. <laughs> My, you're odd people. (laughs) We ain't odd. We're entertainers. We're Martin and Lewis, and we got a radio show to do in a few minutes. Oh, you're on the radio. What do you do? Well, one of us is a singer. And the other guy's the funniest comedian you ever heard. He tells big jokes, kills the people, gets big laughs. Which is which? Well, come on, Jerry. Let's go to NBC. Standing line, folks, for the Martin 
Captain Lewis show. The line will move inside the studio in a few moments. Come on, Miranda. Stand in line over here. Well, all right, but I don't understand, Henrietta. Who are Martin and Lewis? Well, my goodness, where have you been, Miranda? Well, they're famous. Oh. My husband was the conductor on the train they came out here on, and he heard that the greatest entertainers New York ever saw were Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Who told your husband that, Henrietta? Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Pardon me, ladies. Can you tell me how to get into the Martin and Lewis show? Oh, stand behind us, young man, and we'll get the best seats. You know, we always come to see these new comedians the very first week because usually they don't last for a second week. <laughs> they don't, huh? Well, you don't know Martin and Lewis. They're the best comedians in the world, and I say that for two reasons. Bread and butter. <laughs> You know, I'm anxious to see that handsome Dean Martin. <laughs> you know, Miranda, that, that Dean Martin's just a whole show as far as I'm concerned. He really has talent. Now, wait a minute, lady. It takes two to make a team, you know. Takes two to make a team, Martin and Lewis. That's the team. They got to stick together. That's the way it is with any team. Without Fibber, where would Molly be? Without Kaiser, where would Fraser be? And without Earl Warren, where would... Uh, what was that guy's name again? <laughs> Okay, Jerry, I parked the car. Hey, what are you doing in this line? Oh, oh I'm with Dean Martin. Uh, hello, ladies. Oh, isn't he handsome? <laughs> what are you going to sing tonight, Mr. Martin? I'd like to get you on a slow boat to China. It's a deal. Get the tickets and I'll meet you at the door. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. Let's go into the studio here. Let's go into the studio here, Jerry. Gee, look at all the people in here, Dean. I'm scared. Here's Dean Martin. I'm your producer, Mr. Martin. I'm your director, Mr. Martin. I'm your family, Mr. Martin. I'm your singer, Mr. Martin. I'm your producer, Mr. Martin. I'm your director, Mr. Martin. I'm your leader, Mr. Martin. I'm your singer, Mr. Martin. What am I, the Larry Parks of this outfit? <laughs> Ah, be quiet, Jerry. I gotta rehearse. Oh, now I gotta be quiet. You're a big star. A big man. You're too impart important for me. My tongue got in the way of my eye, too, that I couldn't see what I was saying. <laughs> you're, 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 you're just too important for me. Well, I don't need a house to fall on me. Goodbye, pal. <laughs> I won't be a drag on you. Ah, ha, ha. I'm sorry it had to end like this. We had a lot of good times together. Even if I always did have to take the ugly one. Ah, oh, Jerry. Jerry, your feelings are just hurt, that's all. Oh, my feelings ain't hurt. I'm happy. I can laugh. <laughs> I'll never forget you, Dean. You go on without me. And good luck, old pal. I won't ever be jealous of your success. When you're a big star and run over me in your big imported car, I'll still be happy. I'll just lay there and think, gee, Vogue tires. <laughs> well, I'll go now. You people don't want me here. I'll be seeing you. Oh, poor Jerry. Why do you let him go away like that? Oh, Jerry will be all right. Let's rehearse. <clears throat> and now I would like to present one of Hollywood's most glamorous stars, currently gracing your neighborhood screens, in Sorrowful Jones, a charming actress 
who gracefully combines the talents of a leading lady and comedian... Now, listen here, Dean Martin. Don't you say anything nice about me, you big bully, you you monster. I'll have you know that I... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, you are Lucille Ball. (laughs) But, But what's the matter, Lucille? Don't act like you don't know. You've got some nerve, Dean Martin, asking me to come down here and be a guest on your radio program after the way you beat up that sweet, adorable little Jerry Lewis. Why, uh, if I weren't a perfect lady, I'd slug you. The idea, beating up that darling, cute, lammy pie. Me? Yes, you, Dean Martin. <laughs> well, Jerry, hey, hey, where'd he go? He's behind me where he'll be safe. He's not going to stay out here where you can knock him down again. Knock him down? Yes, and kicking him and throwing dirt in his face and trying to drive your car over him. I did that? See, Lucille, he admits it. Oh, I get it. Jerry told you that story. Yes, he did. I never met anyone so contemptible as you in my whole life. How could you treat Jerry that way? He's so darling and so cute. You forgot Lammy Pike. <laughs> Just exactly what did Jerry tell you I did to him? He told me the whole story It's incredible to me that you could pick on a little fella like that When you have such a grand physique Uh, I mean, when, when you're so much bigger than he is With all those great, big, powerful muscles <laughs> You, you, big Yes and, and the things you called him it's just hard to imagine names like that being spoken by you. Why, you have that wonderful, soft, caressing voice. Yes. Lucille, hey, Lucille! <laughs> Will you stop tugging at my skirt? I just wanted you to know I'm still here. Lewis is the name. Jerry Lewis, they call me. Don't stop, Lucille. Tell him off. Good. All right. (laughs) You're right. Dean Martin, how could you have slugged poor Jerry when you look so, so handsome with those soft eyes and long, long lashes? Yes? Hey, Lucille! Shut up, you little schnook. (laughs) (laughs) Schnook! Me, schnook! The idea of telling those awful fibs about this darling, cute, lammy pie, Dean Martin. I ought to turn you over my knee and spank you. Ding, ding. Yes? <laughs> ding, are you going to stand there and let her talk to me like that? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, but really, he isn't bad at all, Lucille. In fact, he's a very nice guy. In fact, he's a wonderful guy. Why, Jerry is the important half of our act. He's the talent. Why, he's the one who gets all the laughs. He's the one the critics rave about. He's the one the people love. Oh, what a ham. (laughs) Well, uh, it's sure nice of you to come down tonight and help us get get, get our first show started, Lucille. I figured we need plenty of advice. Advice here in Hollywood. Come on, snap out of it. I'm sure you're going to be very successful Well, how about Jerry? Yeah, how about that? (laughs) You'll see, I'm going to be a big star When I make my first picture, I'll be sensational I'll be... Well, you do think I'll be a picture star, don't you, Lucille? Why not? Lassie made it (laughs) 
fun of me, I'll quit the show. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give. Uh. <laughs> I'll give Dean all the money we've saved, and I'll go home and lock myself in a closet, kick my heels, and hold my breath until I die. And if you want to know why I do these things, it's because listen. <laughs> Well, don't get too desperate, Jerry. Look, I I have planned a little party for you and Dean after the show. Uh, Lots of important people will be there. Well, that's wonderful, Lucille. Well, the only thing, Dean, uh, does Jerry know how to act at a party? Do I know how to act at a party? Why, one time in the back room of a barbershop... Jerry! (laughs) Hold it. You see what I mean? Miss Ball. I would like to inform you that Gerald Lewis, when attempting a social event, attending a social event. (laughs) It's too close to the paper. What do you want? (laughs) Miss Ball and Mr. Martin, when I'd like to inform you that Gerald Lewis, when attending a social event, always conducts himself with complacent, elegant simplicity. Utterly devoid of ostentation. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, where did you get words like that? Don't ask me. I'm just as surprised as you are. <laughs> Gee, I hope there's a girl there for me. Lucille, I like him about my height. Well, let's see now. Betty Grable will be there. And, of course, I like him about my age. Uh-huh. Well, Anne Blythe will be there. And I like him to be of my intelligence. Sorry, Margaret O'Brien can't stay out that late. <laughs> Jerry, I, I hope you understand. I've invited important people. People of refinement, breeding, culture. Don't worry about me. Refinement and breeding and culture pour out of me like sweat off a horse's neck. <laughs> Guarantee Jerry. Well, I don't know. I'm afraid he'll be a little raucous. Raucous? Me? Don't ever worry about Jerry Lewis being raucous. I'll make more noise than anyone there. Uh, now, Lucille. <laughs> if you'll just tell us the address of the party, and uh, by the way, Lucille, uh, shall we dress? Naturally, we don't want the cops. <laughs> Oh, the party sounds like it'll be a lot of fun, Lucille, and uh, I'm sure we'll know exactly what to do. Sure, we've been educated. You know, I worked my way through Harvard. What? Well, he did stumble his way through high school. He looks more like he had to shoot his way out of kindergarten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this, Lucille. Well, uh, my house isn't one of those elaborate Hollywood mansions, Dean. Oh, there's one thing, Jerry. If we decide to go in for a dip, be sure you don't go in the servant's swimming pool. (laughs) I'm sorry to butt in, but we go on the air in 30 seconds. Okay, fine. Are you nervous, Jerry? Me? Nervous? (laughs) 20 seconds. I'll be all right. I'll kill the people. 15 seconds. Just let me at them. 10 seconds. I'll fracture them. Five seconds, four seconds, three, two, I'll pulverize them. The Martin and Lewis show is on the air. Go ahead, Jerry, start talking. Yes, sir, a very funny thing happened to me on the way to the studio. Well, come on, Lucille. 
Help me hold Jerry up and we'll do the song. Okay. Up he goes. Up he goes. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Ask the rich man, he'll confess. Money can't buy happiness. Ask a poor man, he don't doubt. But he'd rather be miserable with and without. I love life and I want to live. I love life and I say, Jerry, I don't care. Jerry, ah. Jerry, ah. Please, please. Yeah, but I love life. I know, but you don't have to spoil it for the rest of us. <laughs> If you spend it, please be wiser. If you save it, you're a miser. If you don't want it, you're cuckoo. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. It's good to be home in bed. And, Dean, I'm sorry I messed up our radio program tonight. Ah, forget it, Jerry. It's past midnight. Better get some sleep. Good night. Good night. Well, who could that be? What do you want? It's me, the maid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have to get out of those beds. Get out of bed? Why? Well, you see, those beds are six by three beds. And this afternoon, I made a mistake and I put on seven by four sheets. Oh! And if I put the wrong sheets on your beds, the manager will say to me... Look, you miss, if I get up, I'll start walking the floor. And if I start walking the floor, I'll get into a bad humor. And when I go to embassy tomorrow, they'll say, Jerry Lewis, why did you faint on your radio program? And I'll say, who could help but fainting? I was excited. And they'll say, oh, talking back, eh? I guess you don't want to go on the radio very bad. And I'll say, and they'll say, and they'll fire me. It's people like you that cause unemployment. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. You've just heard the new Martin and Lewis show. If you enjoyed them, tune in again each Sunday night at the same time. And next week, our guest will be Bob Hope. This is NBC, the national broadcast. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Nero Wolf, followed by the Bob Hope Show. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.